You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, September 12th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Mr. Just Baseball. I don't know why I gendered Just Baseball. I don't know why I did that, but I did, all right? Mr. and Mrs. Just Baseball. Great website. Go check that out where I've been writing about a whole bunch of nonsense, including the Derek Jeter documentary and soon to be some more Padre stuff for sure. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres for more tweets about exclusively the Padres. And of course, yeah, thank you for making today's show your first listen. Free and available on all platforms, YouTube. You can see me rocking the City Connect jersey. Over on the uh, the YouTube, if you'd like, so please check that out, guys. On today's episode, we are recapping this series against the Dodgers from over the weekend. It was kickoff Sunday football weekend. I was pretty happy with the way football went from just a fan perspective because every game, the one o'clock game, is absolutely nuts. But uh, Padres, not a great series against the Dodgers, and we're gonna try and be as positive as possible on this episode. Sometimes I don't know whether I should be positive or negative because some listeners, some folks, you know, you, you get at me. You say, you're being too negative, man. What's going on? You're not a real fan. You should just be blindly praising the team for everything they do. And if you criticize them, then that actually means you're not a good fan, right? Never question your leaders. It's actually what they teach you in every movie, right? Like that's the main lesson that artists and people of great faith and just incredible leaders have always said like never actually question your leaders you know what i mean it's just follow blindly if you look at history it has always when you do that panned out perfectly that was random anyway uh guys let's start first with sunday's game we're gonna kind of bite the bad apple first uh of this weekend series not that the other games didn't have some their fair share of uh bad moments but let's talk about sunday's game since that was the most recent the padres lost 11 to 2 Ugh, that was rough. Uh, and it was another Joe Musgrove start. Um, Joe Musgrove, he goes five and a third innings, giving up four runs on six hits, one walk, five Ks. I was a little bit surprised that he was pulled in this game after just five and a third at 77 pitches. But, and, and this has been a continuing trend for Musgrove, right? Ever since the contract extension, he has not been very effective. But I do think that while I have talked myself about his struggles and whatnot, if you look at his overall starts, it's not like he's been a disaster. This is not Blake Snell when he was really bad last year or even the first half of the season, right? If you look at his starts, I mean, since August uh, 1st when he signed the contract, he had the Rockies game when he gave up six. Then against San Fran, he gave up one. Against the Marlins, he gave up three. That was a disappointing start because the Marlins might have, like, the worst offense in history. And then you have, after that, Washington only gives up a run. You have Kansas City where he gives up two earned runs, five runs in total, but only two earned in three and two thirds innings. That was just a, that was like a weird start though. That was like a really, I don't really know what happened in that game to be honest with you. And then after that, he gives up three runs against San Francisco, but he did strike out 11. Then he gives up four against the Diamondbacks, who I think are a pretty 
good team, kind of a resurging, emerging team, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and then, of course, the Dodgers. So it's what I'm trying to say is it could be a lot worse. I talked about how his ERA has been over four since the contract extension. When you take into account a full season, that's not that bad of a stretch, right? I, I've talked about Sean Mania a lot on this show, right, and how Sean Mania's ERA in August it the best ERA he's had in August is like a four point seven, right? Like he's he this is a guy with a nine ERA and all that stuff. So I do think that one thing with Musgrove and one thing that I was not worried about because I think that this is a concern that is perhaps unfounded, but just a personal bias is when I watch a pitcher who I know isn't necessarily throwing absolute gas, right? And what I mean by that is like high velocity stuff. Uh, Joe Musgrove isn't like that. His fastball tops out like ninety three miles an hour sometimes. Right? He's not that fast uh, hurler of a pitcher. Instead, he just has some really good control and has a wipeout curveball slider. He throws everything. right? And I thought that that, a personal bias, is I don't necessarily love the idea of a pitcher who does has to rely more on like you know toying with his hitters necessarily long-term and that maybe things could regress if people find out his pitches and whatnot. But that's all for the future, just to dwell on a little bit. It's a personal bias, again. Because bottom line is his pitches uh, are really, really effective when they're working, um, all those other pitches that he has. So I'm not really going to use that as a, don't like clip this and say, look, this is why Javier Reyes is out on Joe Musgrove. I still think that his repertoire is is some of the most exciting in the league. I mean, we talk about you Darvish a lot and Joe Musgrove's very similar, just without the immense strikeout potential. You know what I'm saying? So I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to be better. It's frustrating. Don't get me wrong, and it is annoying that he's had the contract extension ever since then he hasn't been that good. But even still, exit velocity on his stuff is down. Hard hit percentage, he's not getting up all that many hard hits. I know the velocity isn't there. I know it doesn't necessarily extend all that much, but spin rate on the fastball helps make up for all the, the shortcomings in velocity and whatnot. Same thing for the curve. He still gets guys to chase. Look up everything. It's still fine. He's just having a really poor kind of stretch. Right. And in fairness, it's the Dodgers and they're a good team. We had a lot of home runs in this game uh, from the Dodgers. I think it was Justin. I don't, I, do I even have to repeat them for you guys? Do you guys care? We had a Trey Turner home run. We had a Justin Turner home run. We had another Trey Turner RBI. We had Chris Taylor. We had two Justin Turner home runs. Only thing that was fun about this game was when one, Jake Cronworth hit a home run in the bottom of the second inning when we thought, oh man, we're up one nothing. All right, let's keep it going. And then the Padres scored again 2 nothing uh, after a Freddie Freeman, Bill Buckner era at first base, which was very enjoyable. As you all know, I'm a big time Freddie Freeman hater over here. Uh, I, I, not big time, but I'm, I'm a little bit of a hater for, for other reasons that we don't have to get into now. Um, another thing to talk about in this game that I do not necessarily like is once again, Austin Nola got a start one for three in this game. I just don't like that. Luis Campuzano is not getting a shot. Maybe he will next year because some of these guys might not be on the team and they're just going to fully give him the, the plate. But I just, I don't get it. And I'm wondering if at some point we have to say, maybe the Padres know what they're doing. Uh, this is a team that's always willing to call up prospects. Maybe they have an idea. Maybe there's some character issues or what have you. I don't know. You know, some things that I've heard is that maybe he's just not getting along with players and that maybe he's just uh, frustrated right now and all these things. I don't know. But bottom line is every time that guy's in AAA, he, he rakes. And it's hard for me to imagine that he's, like, definitively worse at the plate than both Alfargo and Austin Nella. You know what I mean? That he's definitively. Not that, we, like, he could still be worse if you gave him, you know, the, the uh, another two-week of 
two weeks of at bats or three weeks, right? Straight. That that could happen. I'm just saying I don't think it's definitive though. So that's one disappointing thing. And I also saw that the team designated Nabil Chrismat. They sent him to Triple A to bring up Craig Stammen. Nabil Chrismat, ERA under three this year. He's kind of always been there every time there's a blowout or they just need some long innings and whatnot. I like Chrismat. I'm I'm really disappointed at that. That was Alfaro's boy. What the heck are you doing, San Diego? My goodness. Uh, but before we dwell on that game uh, for too long, because I don't want to talk about that game for too long, it was very disappointing, guys, especially when Trey Turner does well against us. Uh, let me talk to you about something that is important for finding the right people. And finding the right people is actually a, a, a definitely a thread, a common theme that we will be discussing on this podcast for days to come, guys. But when it comes to the rest of the world, as you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. And LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you out. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn to reach your network and beyond to over 810 bajillion people, million people. Bajillion would be like another galaxy. But another galaxy, they would love LinkedIn, let me tell you. I, I can guarantee you guys, it's really easy. They've got all these different parameters that you can use. You know, They've got screening questions, they've got different ways to kind of prioritize people, to filter people into what you're looking for necessarily. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors, guys. <sighs> Nearly 40 million job seekers. All right, check that out. 40 million, they visit LinkedIn. Did you know that? Yeah. You might have known that because you might be listening to this podcast a lot. I talk about LinkedIn a lot. It's a great website. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. But let's keep it on rolling, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about the happy game. Let's talk about Friday's game. Because Friday's game is just a, a work of art, dare I say. And here's the thing about Friday's game. You know, it's, it's, it's a long week. I'm tired. I mean, I'm doing my work at, you know, at my various works. It's, it's tiring times, man. It's, it's It can be rough. So I'm ready to watch the Padres and the Dodgers. And I was really excited for this series. I, I really was, actually. I thought that, one, because I just had got all my work done for the week. And two, because I thought, all right, you know, we have some good starters lined up, right? Like the Padres had some good starters lined up. And they somewhat delivered. On Friday's game, Mike Clevenger, five innings, four earned runs, a walk, and four strikeouts. His ERA is officially over four, which isn't great. Um, Whip is 1.19. I still think he's got some good strikeout stuff, but every game lately, it feels like he just has an inning or two where he just makes these really silly mistakes, right? And in this game, top of the first inning, you had a Freddie Freeman home run, and then you also had some some dangers with Will Smith reaching on an infield single. You had a Trace Thompson home run. Again, Trace Thompson actually slugging and providing a better OPS than Juan Soto has been for the Padres. Ah! Um, <laughs> excuse me for that sound effect. So dumb. But um, Clevenger, here's what I'll say about my Clevenger. I really don't like... Um, just to, to rag on my guy a little bit. And I was wrong. I actually, believe it or not, if anybody's familiar with Ben and Woods, they were actually saying that he came out and was kind of like, look, I know that I've made mistakes before too, but I didn't like the way... I, I understand it because I really do think it speaks volumes that he was willing to go out and be this damning and condemning of Tatis. I'm not defending Tatis here, but 
I really didn't like that Clevenger kind of came out and was really ragging on the guy uh, in his own way and saying, you know, he's just not here, or blah, 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 blah. I'm paraphrasing because I don't care to look up the quote. I don't like that he did that and without what I learned after the fact that he was just kind of, you know, kind of ignored the fact that you got in trouble too, dude. And I know it was 2020 and it's been two years and whatnot, but you did something just as dumb. You went out clubbing in the middle of the pandemic and like, that's very easy to avoid. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, how about you just don't do that? And that was a whole thing. So I just thought it was a little bit weird coming from him. Now, again, that does not mean that Tatis didn't deserve and that Clevenger wasn't necessarily right in a vacuum about what he said. But, you know, on top of, you know, AJ Prowler and Manny and Musgrove, like I get it. But that's just the thing for me. Look, Clevenger's fine. Uh, I think he's a good, effective pitcher, but I'd like to see a little bit more before the postseason. He's still a guy who's going to make the rotation. He's probably like the third starter in a series, if they make it that far, of course. Um, but I want to at least, like, give me a really dynamite start. And I think he's still capable of it. I'm hoping that this isn't just a rehab season for Mike Clevenger and that he's actually going to be effective for a bit. What I mean by rehab season is just this sort of, well, it's kind of self-explanatory, but he'll be great next year. And this was the year where he just had to kind of find his footing again. I don't know. Maybe the two Tommy John surgeries, maybe all the injuries have finally caught up to him. I don't know. But last two starts, I mentioned against the Dodgers just now. The last start against the Dodgers, three and a third, five earned runs. Last start against San Francisco before that, five innings, two earned runs. Cleveland, six innings, two earned runs. That's kind of what I'm looking for. He's not striking out a crap ton of batters, but, you know... He can be effective, bottom line, right? But I wish he would last a little bit longer in the games. But bottom line is he's just a three or four starter. And I think he's effective at that. And I think while uh, definitely for the, the foreseeable future, we got to talk about Padres' moves and kind of the decisions they've made. I think that the Clevenger trade, while in a vacuum, hasn't really turned out all that well for them. Uh, in fairness, he got hurt again. And that's not necessarily something you can immediately put, in my opinion, on the front office, right? Especially how quickly he seemingly got hurt right after the Padres trade for him. But enough about Mike Clevenger. Jeez Louise. Uh, in this game, uh, we got an 0 for 5 from Jerickson Profar, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Look, Jerickson Profar, he's trying. Uh, but this weekend, not a great series for him. Only gets one hit, and that was on Sunday's game. So that was very, very, very bad. Uh, even though he'd been slowly getting some momentum before that. You know, in the Arizona series, he had a couple hits. He had... Uh, a home run as well uh, in the last game of the Arizona series, but hasn't been walking enough. Profar ever since the Tatis thing has really been pretty disastrous. And it's it's sad to see because Profar had been a very effective, you know, that, that player we always talk about. Some guy who just steps up and doesn't have to be a star, but is just solid. And that's what Jerickson Profar was, especially as a leadoff hitter. And instead, Hassan Kim is getting leadoff bats now. Um, in this game, though, Juan Soto scores two runs, and it was the Manny Machado show. Three for three in this game with an intentional walk on top of two other walks. Manny was feeling himself. He was great in this game. Absolutely loved to see it. Um, and then you get an RBI from Trent Grisham in the form of a three-run bomb. Trent Grisham still hitting below the Mendoza line, which is just, again, remarkable that he's still like able to keep himself in this lineup, which just shows you that there is truly a, a vacancy of outfield depth within the Padres organization. And after the trade for Soto... Uh, that problem isn't going to leave anytime soon, right? So Trent Grisham, though, at least in this game, does hit a three-run bomb, which was awesome off of Dustin May. Let's talk about really quickly Dustin May. After the, the home run to Trent Grisham, 
Jorge Alfaro took a little bit long, perhaps. Um, not damning him, but he took a little bit longer to get in the box and ready himself, and then Dustin May hit him. Padres dugout reacted in a certain way. Announcers, Don and, and Mud were kind of talking about it a little bit. I know a lot of you were complaining on Twitter. I try very hard not to legislate or or not to determine whether or not I thought something was intentional. I think that's a tricky and dangerous game to get into. But that being said, the timing is weird because Dustin May, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. You hit Padre before. It, it was just kind of, I didn't like that he did that on the first pitch. It's after you made a mistake and gave up that big home run to Trent Grisham. Just not good vibes from it. Now, granted, it wasn't a clear intentional hit because usually the clear intentional hips are like on the back or something like that, like near the hip area. Well, this one kind of scathed on the, on the elbow, and thankfully he was okay. But we all love Alfaro here, even if he's not necessarily the best player in the world, but we love Alfaro. So I know Padres fans were annoyed. I get it. And if it was intentional, which I understand if you think it was, yeah, Dustin May is uh, weak as hell. What do you want from me? That is weak sauce. All of that should be out of the game. If you don't like it, uh, strike him out. If you really, really don't like it, take yourself out of the damn game. We don't, we don't have time for this. This is stupid. You can't throw a hissy fit because someone hit a home run off of you. I know baseball's rough. It is the sport of who embarrasses who more, right? Like, that's what happens in baseball a lot. But bottom line, that's just it's a disaster. And I don't like it. But almost as if the karmic gods were here for us, man. They listened to us. They said, Dustin May, you chump. Padres are winning tonight. And they did, and it was awesome. It wasn't actually off of Craig Kimbrell, who I was hoping to break up his scoreless streak that he'd had uh, ever since he started playing Let It Go, the song from Frozen, uh, has his entrance song, apparently, and he's been, like, untouchable ever since then, uh, which is very, very odd, and admittedly makes him easily my favorite Dodger now. Easily. Just because of that. I I have no beef. And he's a former Padre, in fairness, so hopefully I don't get flagged for that. Um... Instead, it was off of Heath Hembry. It was Mr. Jake Cronenworth. If there was one bright side from the weekend, some nice big hits from him, some home runs, and obviously this walk-off single that was absolutely, absolutely necessary. It was pertinent for the Dodgers to get uh, the Padres to get that win over the Dodgers. Loved it. Despite all the stuff that happened, despite Freddie Freeman having a big game and all that with his two RBIs, I um, you love it. You love to see it. This Padres team still is capable of having some magic and having some guys pop up uh, or pop off, I should say, and really coming coming up huge um, for the team. So hopefully Jake can do that going forward. Look, Jake is having a down season. He's not slugging the same. He's down almost 100 points from his slugging, right? But in fairness, if this is what a down season is for Jake Cronenworth, I would not be surprised if he reverts to 2021 and 2020. Jake Cronenworth, right? I think he can get back and positional versatility and all that. Still a really solid player, but I'd like to have a little bit more from him hopefully next year and maybe hopefully down the stretch run. Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna be kind of mluch all year, but you come through for us at the end here, I'd appreciate that, Jake. So hopefully this kick starts him, even though we've been saying that all year. Every time he has a good game, we're like, is this when he's finally gonna go on a run? And it never happens. So he needs to decide, man. Come on, we need you. We need you. But that was a great W. Love to see it from the Padres. Great way to end my Friday night. But we're not done yet, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we're not done yet. Oh, no, we're not. Uh-uh, uh-uh. We got to talk about what we're gaming. That is Saturday's game. I'm going to be super straightforward. Uh, this game, I didn't see nearly as much uh, of. I only got to see the beginning. I basically only got to tune in. For a little bit of it, I was out... Um, 
my sister's husband, uh, you know, was we were celebrating his birthday, so we went to this great restaurant. I had a nice meaty burger with some waffle fries, and then I also ordered some ice cream for myself. Don't tell my mom, but man, Postmates is rad sometimes. Let me tell you, it was great. It was great, great ice cream. Uh, so I did that. Again, I wasn't necessarily able to watch the whole game, but from what I did see, unfortunately, Blake Snell in this game didn't have his stuff. Four innings, five earned runs, three walks, five Ks. Bringing his ERA to back over to four. Again, he's been so good for a while now. It stinks that his poor starts have come against some really good teams. I will say that about Blake Snell. His last poor start before this was against the Guardians when he went three and a third, giving up six. And then, yeah, he carved up Washington. Yeah, he carved up Washington twice. He did well against San Francisco, did well against Colorado, did well against Minnesota, did pretty great against the Mets, which is a game that your boy went to, and that's why Blake Snell has been good ever since then. But against the Dodgers, it's it, it's not great. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, we talked about Musgrove. It still means a lot even if you're pitching you know, well against poor teams, but this is more of a playoff thing. When the Padres get to the playoffs in a wild card game or in a series – do you trust Blake Snell? That is going to be the big question. I think that the Padres rotation, the only questions around them basically for the rest of the year, we kind of know who everybody is, at least in my opinion. Joe Musgrove, very effective, very solid pitcher who at times looks like an absolute ace. Yu Darvish, same thing. He's declined a bit, but he's made up for it by lasting longer into games and not walking anybody. The control has been awesome this year. Probably going to be the guy that the Padres bring out for the elimination game or what have you, or first in the series, whatever, right? Then you have Blake Snell, who disastrous, pretty bad tenure with the Padres overall. But the second half of seasons have been really well for him. A strikeout artist. I've talked about this before, like the highest strikeout percentage in baseball in the second half. In all of baseball. In all of baseball. Since August, the only one that's ahead of him is Jacob DeGrom. So, well, that's a pretty good company as far as I'm concerned. Um, so we know what Blake Snell is. We kind of know what Mike Clevenger is. He's a guy that... I feel like is has like a decently high floor depending on the team and if he's you know all good to go and he has a good start, but the ceiling it doesn't seem to be there. It just doesn't feel like we've had a dynamite Mike Clevenger start in quite a long time. Dare I say since maybe ooh man, like before he got hurt in 2020 was the last time I feel like we got a dynamite start from him. But anyway, you have him and then you have, of course, Mr. Sean Manaya, who is not even a starting pitcher for this team practically right now, and he's a disaster. The only question we're going to see is who has the most momentum going for them, who ends up pitching well and effectively. Maybe Musgrove has a really great last month here, totally possible, and then they're like, okay, he's going to be our starter in the wild card game. That's basically all there is to learn from the Padres rotation going forward, assuming everyone stays healthy and everything. That's really all I have to say about all that. Um, but yeah, again, really disappointing start for Blake Snell. I really thought he was hopefully going to have a gamer moment and just really give us a great start, and he didn't, um, and it's unfortunate. Of course, he wasn't the only one. Nabil Krizmat, who did get sent down to AAA, uh, gave up three runs in this one over two and a thirds, but again, it's the Dodgers. It happens. Um, only thing that's disappointing is that they waste another good game for Manny Machado. Two home runs in this game for him, but didn't matter. Freddie drives in a run in the first, gets a two-run homer in this one as well. Um, but I'd be ris remiss to not mention that Luis Campizano, bottom of the ninth, I know the game is away, but double, an RBI double, allowing Will Myers to score. Again, I really don't understand. His batting average is over 200 right now, and that's only because he got like one hit. 
That shit, like, if this guy has, like, a three-hit game, he's going to have, like, a 280 batting average. He just never plays. And that's really frustrating. Um, So, going forward, hopefully, we're going to have to see how it all breaks down and whatnot. But, yeah. Um, just a really rough sort of series for the Padres, unfortunately. Um, I wish they were better. I wish they played better. But, you know, it's this is a good team in the Dodgers. And I tweeted this out. And I stand by it. I think that this series was another reminder that the Padres are a pretty good team, I think, overall. They've got some great star power in Manny. Hopefully Juan Soto figures it out. You've got some decent contributors with your Hassan Kims and your Jake Cronenworths. And then you've got a really nice rotation that has a lot of depth, even if it doesn't have a wipeout number one starter at times. Right? Good team overall. That That's my take about them. I think Josh Bell is coming along. I didn't really talk about him much. But uh, even in the Saturday game, he did go three for four. He hasn't been slugging the ball as much as we would like, but he's definitely shown signs, I think, of turning around what was a horrid start to his tenure with the Padres. So hopefully he can keep it um, keep it going even more, right? Hopefully he can really get it going uh, on a much grander scale and just really start raking the way that he'd been raking for the Nationals, which is uh, really, really unfortunate that he hasn't necessarily done the same for us. Uh, as of right now... As the stats before yesterday's game, 211, 331 on base, 317 slugging. Definitely not good, but considering he was like a 140 hitter not too long ago, hopefully he's turning things around. Um, but again, it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating for the Padres. And again, this is my thing. The Dodgers, and I talked about this a few weeks ago, there is a misconception among the Padres fans that I've seen that... This includes my, 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 my boys over at Ben and Woods saying, you know, the Dodgers, it's bought, not built is the phrase, right? And they use, of course, built, not bought. The Dodgers do. And then Padres fans use it the other way around. But I think that that's really rich coming from a fan base and specifically a team that has made so many trades over the past few years that the only guy that's theirs is like Luis Campisano. That's like the only player that's like not someone they traded for. So if you want to talk about built, not bought, you should kind of, you know, don't throw stones from a glass house. That's not really fair of her critique. And I think people are also being reminded that it's going to take more than just saying, let's go get best player in order to beat the Dodgers. You need depth. You need just a whole team around them in order to compete with the Dodgers. But with that being said, it is also unfair to totally damn this team because they can't beat the Dodgers because nobody can beat the Dodgers, right? It's okay. I get it. Atlanta Braves are good. Right? New York Mets are good. Right? The Philadelphia Phillies are pretty good. I get it. There are some really good teams in this in this um, National League that I feel like we have a lot more confidence could beat the Dodgers in the playoffs, right? But again, playoffs is weird. Anything can happen. It wouldn't shock me if Manny and Soto and Jake and Hassan Kim even, right? Maybe they can step up. Maybe Brandon Drury off the IL. He starts doing well. There's still hope in the playoffs. But in terms of regular season, in terms of just competing on a winning level, takes more than just trading for Juan Soto, guys. And I know he hasn't been performing all that much, but even if he was, there's still a lot of flaws in this roster with a weird bullpen, some annoying starts from Sean Manaya, some defense that hasn't been so good since the second half. So it's going to take a lot more than that. So everybody who thought this was the NBA and you could just go and trade for Kawhi Leonard, Toronto Raptors your way into a title, not the sport for that. For whatever reason, the sport tends to not reward uh, giant moves like that and instead reward savvy moves that 
I talked about before the deadline. I love the Soto trade. Let me <laughs> repeat that. I say this every time. I love the Soto trade. I still think you make it. But I really strongly disagree with the idea that that's what they had to do. I do not believe that whatsoever. Before the deadline, I talked about Ian Happ. talked about Wilson Contreras. I talked about um, Austin Hayes. I talked about even Joey Gallo to a tiny, tiny extent because I thought he'd cost nothing. Right? And he, he will. He would. Uh, I talked about Robbie Grossman. I talked about a bunch of different guys for a bunch of different teams. And I think it's weird that you saw the Atlanta Braves last year, what they did. They took little fires on guys. Nice, smart additions in order to win the World Series. Not just, you know who's available? Let's go get Anthony Rizzo and let's go get uh, Max Scherzer. They didn't just only go for top-level talent. There are ways to do this, and I think it's more of a reflection on the Padres' management and organization that their trades have been very hit or miss. And it's not like a, ah, this guy kind of disappointed. It's like a, no, this guy's in the basement bad. Or it's the Joe Musgrove type where this guy gets us our first no-hitter and is a a genuine star pitcher who's had some really great moments uh, and especially has been great for San Diego. It's just, there's not a middle ground, I think is what you're seeing when it comes to trying to match the Dodgers in the regular season. Hopefully they can do that in the future. Hopefully they could kind of uh, procure some farm talent to give them some more flexibility in the future. But for now, everybody, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Hopefully, um, if you guys are watching this on video, I tried a new version of recording. Uh, Hopefully the quality is better. I don't know if it recorded all of it. If there was a weird thing going on, I'm using Zoom and all that. Maybe the quality is better for you. I hope it is. If it is, tell me what you uh, think in the YouTube comments. Um, Otherwise, just listen to it on audio. The audio is usually always pretty crystal clear. Um, Follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres. Check out the YouTube to see my City Connect for the former ball gremlin, Mr. Eric Hosmer, of course. My friends got me this shirt, and I wear it as a bit now because it's funny. Um, With all that being said, everybody, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.